Hello everybody, and welcome to The Review. My name is Bruno, and I am your host. First off, I would like to thank you all for all the lovely comments and support uh, regarding this podcast. It is a relatively new series. Some of you know that we've had, you know, one, two, three episodes here and there. But overall, there hasn't been that consistency. And now here we are, almost daily releases. And I, I really appreciate all the feedback, all the love, all the support that I've been getting. It really does mean a lot to me. So, what will we be discussing today? That was a tongue twister. Mainly... I think that our focus should be presented on the Afghanistan pullout. I know we are currently going through the election series, which means our focus is mainly on the Canadian federal election. However, today, I think it'd be necessary that um, our focus be readjusted a little bit towards the events that are going on in the Middle East, particularly uh, the Afghanistan pullout, as anything that has to do with the United States and NATO allies affects Canada. Well, Canada was involved in Afghanistan for a long period of time, supporting its main partner, the United States. Now, let's focus on the United States for one moment. President Joe Biden ordered that all troops be pulled out by September 11th, on the 20th anniversary of the horrendous 9-11 attacks. Now, the pullout was not done properly. I think that we could agree that it was horrendous. It was a mess. That there was no cohesion. There was no cooperation. That NATO allies weren't particularly informed or informed correctly. I think that it could have been gone about quite differently. Let's not forget that the United States, to this day, remains the world's military superpower, economic superpower, and yes, still a political superpower. China is an emerging superpower with the second strongest economy in the world, the second strongest military in the world, and has a huge amount of political influence because of that. That being said, there has been a lot of backlash regarding the Afghanistan pullout. And not only backlash from everyday Americans or Canadians, but from world leaders. Um, Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany contacted Joe Biden. Uh, so did French President Emmanuel Macron, who called for the U.S.'s moral responsibility and for NATO allies' moral responsibility to protect uh, Afghanistan's who supported the allies' missions. And allies by that I mean NATO. So, U.S., France, Canada, Spain, etc., etc. This sort of represents a hindering in the relationship between the U.S. and European powers, mainly France, Germany, formerly the U.K. Uh, I'll still call it a European power because it was part of Eurozone, or technically still is, for such a long period of time. And we can all agree that this exit was not done properly. Wars nowadays are ugly, they're messy, and they're not just fought a few battles. It takes a lot of planning, a lot of strategy. Now in Afghanistan, you've got people, particularly people who are terrorists, who don't care for the law, who are extremists, who are using advanced weaponry, funded by who? Who do you say? Well, 
who has the influence and the power and the authority and the military might to sell weapons to their own enemies. I don't even have to say it. You guys know it already. The United States. Yes. So let's let's think about it for a second. Without the US, NATO would have little to no reputation. Without the United States, NATO would be shadowed by CSTO uh, and China, Russia. For those of you, of you who don't know what CSTO is, it's a, a military alliance between Russia, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, a few of those countries, uh, countries who are dominated by Russian uh, influence, Slavic influence. So that being said, we've got the U.S., the basic commander of the mission and the coordinator between all NATO allies pulling out and not warning any of their allies. What message does that leave? It's on not only the current president, Joe Biden, but on his leadership team, on his cabinet, on his military advisors, and the prior administrations, particularly the Trump administration, who brokered this deal with the Taliban to have U.S. troops pull out for a ceasefire. So there's many people to blame, but I think that the blame rests on the current president's shoulders the most, and that is Joe Biden. You see, this man has 40 years of experience in foreign policy. And foreign policy has everything to do with uh, diplomatic affairs as well as, you know, state of war. And to come out of a conflict which you have no longer any business being a part of, you gotta do it properly because people are gonna get hurt. We have reporters in Afghanistan. We've got American citizens in Afghanistan. We've got American troops in, this, uh, in Afghanistan. But not only Americans, NATO allies, the Germans, the French, the, Sp uh, the Spanish, the Italians, the Canadians. NATO is there too. And if we're not warned when the biggest guy there leaves, when the big bully leaves, well, us small bullies, we're going to have other bullies coming at us. I know it was a little bit confusing, a lot of bullies involved. But what I mean is, if the U.S. isn't there, we can't coordinate our efforts. That's the sad and simple truth. So the U.S. pulls out, doesn't really notify anyone correctly, and we've got Afghans and Americans that are stuck there. And that also comes into my next point. We've got Canadians that are there. Back in July, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau promised, I believe it was around July 8th, uh, July 9th, Prime Minister Trudeau promised that he would help out Afghan citizens um, by, you know, evacuating them from the country those who, who helped uh, Canada, who are Canadian allies, uh, he, he promised that he would help bring them to Canada, uh, give them that refugee status, and help them obtain permanent residency, citizenship, so they could start their lives somewhere else. Because the fact remains is that NATO envisioned that within a year or two, that the Taliban would regain control, but it, that it would take some time. And no one expected that the Afghan military of 300,000 people would give up so easily against 50,000 people who don't have really sort of organized command structure whereas one military was trained by the u.s by canada by special forces by jtf delta force whatever trained by the best of the best and the most organized armed forces 
We thought that they would put up a fight, and they didn't. There was mass desertions and lots of corruption. That's what multiple news outlets were reporting, and that's what it seemed to have happened. The president left the country, and overall, the government and the military collapsed within a few days of the US packing their bags. And well, that brings me back to my original topic, which is Trudeau's failed pullout. This is what Mr. Singh claims. For those of you who didn't, didn't quite catch it, Jagmeet Singh, uh, leader of the NDP. And this is what I've been seeing on Twitter. Lots of Canadians can agree that, you know, even if they support uh, Justin Trudeau, even if they're liberals or diehard liberals or whatnot, they still agree that the pullout was faulty, that it was bureaucratic, it was complicated, and it wasn't done correctly. And now this ties in to the election. Yes, the U.S. had a great impact, and them leaving really messed things up. But Canada didn't have a plan? This election call, did it interfere with Canadian or the Canadian armed forces pulling out? That's what people think. And this is going to become another major issue. This is where we're at, Canada. We've got a botched Afghanistan pullout. Caused, yes, mainly by, you know, US not informing their allies correctly on what they were doing, but also maybe this election call interfered with Canada's pullout. And th these are things that we must take into consideration. Now, today we had Defense Minister Harjit Sajjan speaking uh, on the status of fleeing uh, Afghan Afghans and uh, the Afghani uh, Canadian allies being evacuated uh, on Canadian military aircraft. So that this is a good sign that you know Canada has turned it around. But I think all of this could have been avoided. Uh, Major General David Fraser, uh, who was the former commander of NATO operations for Operation Medusa, uh, said that wars are ugly, wars are messy. And that it's not just a simple few battles, it takes strategy, it takes planning, it takes a whole lot of organization which wasn't necessarily done properly here. You know, he says that pulling out of a war or ending a war is more so like a dimmer switch. So you've got to slowly lower the light uh, rather than, you know, just turn it off immediately. And we see that, you know, us turning off that light immediately resulted in uh, a terrible disaster. You know, we've got people who are dying, we've got people who are being beaten, we've got Kabul airport, which is the one stronghold left, and it's for NATO allies, but it's also for mainly American troops that are guarding it. You've got no real civil authority, you've got uh, everything that's been fought against for the past 20 years coming back in a few weeks, and that's something that's really disheartening. Lots of Canadians... And lots of Canadian veterans, and I've been seeing this on Twitter. I know, don't take everything you see on Twitter literally. I know, but I've been seeing this a lot. Canadian veterans think that this was wasted. They think that money was wasted, lies are wasted. All of our progress in Afghanistan was lost. We had a somewhat functioning democratic nation, kind of modernity, modernization, coming to the Middle East, and it, it's gone, you know? It was a new hope and, you know, torch that was lit and that torch is out and that's unfortunate. But where do we stand now regarding the Canadian election? And I'll tie it back into Afghanistan for a moment. Afghanistan has become a ballot box issue. 
could the Canadian government have done a better job? And if it sticks, it's going to hurt the Trudeau Liberals. Now, the polls, according to Forum Research, 338 Canada, and CBC Poll Tracker, are all showing relatively the same thing. Liberals and Conservatives are close. They got Liberals at 34 and 34% and the Conservatives at 30%. Yes, there's a difference from the 2019 election. Liberals have a one-point gain. Conservatives lost three points. Chances are that the Liberals are going to reach a, a few more seats. I would say a stronger minority, 160 263 seats that's what i would say but you know it remains to be seen most canadians don't actually pay attention uh, to uh, the election cycle until we really reach the debates and until there's something super critical which we have not seen and super harmful to one of the candidates the polls they're just preliminary and it's like a pre-campaign period polls that's 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 what i would say we're gonna see a real impact once we pass these debates back in 2015 I was much, much younger then. Um, we saw the same thing. We didn't think that the Liberals would win a staggering majority government of 184 seats, but yet they did. And we saw that the day before the election, it looked like the Liberals were going to win. So we're going to see. Uh, we're going to see where things go. Um, now, I want to tie it up a little bit. Twitter's been going crazy. There's I Stand With Trudeau going. There's Trudeau Needs To Go going. We've got Election 44 going. Lots of different tags going on. Um, look, I remind people that not everything you see on social media should be taken literally. It got a lot of memes. It got a lot of harmful posts. Some, some things that we see are disheartening. Some are funny. Just stay tuned. You know, stay informed because a lot can change. A lot can change and make sure your values are being represented and also one more thing when it comes to canada we have a form of government known as a constitutional monarchy which is the same as uh the uk's form of government the parliamentary system known as a constitutional monarchy we've got a bicameral legislature upper house which is the senate and a lower house which is the house of commons most legislation everything that really has to do with canadians goes on in the lower house which is the house of commons and that's where the prime minister is located. But remember, look at what your local riding, you know, has. Your local candidates. Because yes, it's important who's going to be prime minister. But, you know, um, take into consideration what your candidate is is talking about. Because at the, end of, at the end of the day, they're representing you in the House of Commons. Yeah, the prime minister represents us on the world stage. And is the head of the party in power of the governing party but at the end of the day it's your local candidate who really um, is supposed to be representing your interests um, and tomorrow I'd really well actually that's one more thing we may not have an episode tomorrow uh, and Tuesday and that's because I've got painters coming to the house and I'm gonna have to uh, pack away my stuff just for two three days but I should be back around Wednesday um, Wednesday might be a little bit of a later release, 8, 9 o'clock, so stay tuned for that. Um, I'm saying a lot of ums today. I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, so looks like the election is quite tight right now. Looks like we won't be having uh, updates from me for two days, but I will be posting on Twitter. I'll be talking on Discord. Um, so if you need to contact me, you can do it there. I'd also like to remind you guys that 
or I've been seeing actually a lot of strategic voting uh, talk going on. I think it's a little bit too early uh, to discuss strategic voting, but I think that if you are uh, left-leaning, that it would be prudent to consider voting liberal because the NDP does not have the numbers to form government. They do not. Not right now. They could get it soon. They could probably reach that threshold one day. But right now, I I don't think that uh, the NDP has a chance against the Tories. And I really do think that the Liberals still have it in the bag. But we'll see where it goes. Yes, it's it's close in the polls, but the polls never tell you the full deal. You got to wait till Election Day and you also got to wait until you get to these uh, debates. Uh, Topic for I think it's going to be Wednesday, maybe Tuesday. Tuesday or Wednesday, topics of discussion will be a possible change in our voting system. So going from first past the post to proportional representation, uh, strategic voting, and update on the party campaigns. I really do hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I know it was more of a constant talking, uh, a little bit of ums here, but really overviewed Afghanistan, the pullout, and what we can do better. I appreciate all the love and support and kindness that I've been receiving on social media. I've been messages on Discord mainly and uh, people that I'm close with. You know, I had Snapchat going, Instagram going. So I really do appreciate it. Um, this episode should be coming out, coming out around 8 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, wishing you all the best. Wishing you guys an amazing rest of your days. Appreciate once again all the love and support. My Twitter handle is Bruno. Keiko06, capital B, capital C, 06. Um, You can follow me there. And um, once again, stay tuned, stay focused, and we will see you next time. Oh, and don't forget, pay attention because things can change in a heartbeat. Keep yourselves informed, and we shall see you on Tuesday or Wednesday. Thank you, guys. Later.